Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Crossing Swords, and uh, I think as always, this time, I'm Andrew. And as always, I'm here with another one of my classic witty intros. Yeah, and I'm here for it. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, that's why I do the pod, it's the only thing that keeps me going. I'm thinking of trademarking them. I think you should. have taken out a thing on it. Just anything about witty intros, it's licensed to you, people have to pay you a commission. Doesn't matter what they're talking about, as long as it's witty... Yeah, and the beautiful thing is I then get to spend hours consuming TV and radio Yeah, to keep an eye out for it, Yeah, you yeah. know, for legal purposes. Well, to be fair, you can use your family's team, like get the butlers involved. Oh, yeah, I know I will. Listen, there's um, a lot of channels. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'll probably watch... Especially like, if they're ethnic, they can cover the ethnic channels for you. I mean, that's massively racist. Uh, we actually... Well, they are ethnic. We actually don't import any ethnics. What <laughs> <laughs> well, did you get rid of them? Or Consuela? She's gone. <laughs> We, you know, we were just worried about these new tightening immigration laws. Yeah. We didn't want it. Xi Shang's gone. They're all gone. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> so how many have you hired to replace them? Oh, hired is a strong word. We don't pay them either. Oh, no. It's a Mo Farah situation, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's... Sorry, it's not a laughing it's, matter. It's, it's Mo, Mo Farah adjacent. <laughs> yeah, it's similar, but not... Yeah, yeah. We don't actually traffic them in. No, no, no. Someone else does that. Someone else does that for us. We outsource. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to start the pod, man! Yeah, just full casual on slavery trafficking, full on racism reference. and slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the way, <laughs> legit though, that is a sad story. Yeah, it's, it's quite like, hard. I, I genuinely um, was taken aback by it. I didn't expect it at all. Um, yeah, it's just I'd love to know like what his real name is and where he came from and all of that. Do you know what I mean? It's all in the documentary. I'll have to watch it then. Yeah, yeah. Was it out on? Uh, iPlayer, I think. Okay. Might it's be it's ITV just Hub. The, the Mo Farah documentary, I'm guessing. I'm fairly certain if you just search <laughs> Mo Farah, you'll probably find it. It's not going to be hard to find. I wouldn't have imagined. No. Fair enough. I mean, the level of disgust you're looking at me at, with at the moment, I can't tell what it's for. No disgust. No conversation disgust. after no, the... No disgust. Uh, just, just my face. Just your face. Just my face. Just rest in disgust face. Yeah. And right. it's because I'm so used to just judging everyone well, around me. that is quite the middle, upper class thing, isn't it? It's a uh, disgust of the lower class. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? We've lost money. You think we're down <laughs> in the middle, upper class? Yeah. You insult me. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> say another, another word, another remark like that, and I shall have the butler come in and slap you outside your head. Sorry, sir. Uh, thank you. Show the respect. <laughs> right, so I think today we're going to sort of... Con- stay on a similar vein of previous episodes of just picking a few things we want to talk about, having a good old chat. Yeah, I think, and you know, the, the what's happening at the moment as we record these podcasts, yeah. there's generally quite a lot's happening. It's quite fast moving yeah, in and, the world of news. And one of the things with doing a podcast is you find yourself, and at first it's conscious, but it becomes very unconscious, is you don't actually end up talking as much outside of the podcast because you want to save it for the podcast. Um, so it's just a good format to basically get to talk about the things we would talk about by text and enjoy and do it on Which the podcast. Which the whole point, when we started this thing yeah. a couple of years ago, a few years ago, we just wanted to be like, we were having a chat in a pub yeah. and people were listening And in. we still want to do more in-depth dives on subjects when we come across them because we don't want to be sort of trite in covering something for a small amount of time. Like we both really like to talk about what's going on with trans people at the moment and everything that's going against them and uh, all LGBTQ stuff, but it's stuff that you need to have a long time to cover, really. You need to do a bit of research. You want to give it justice as well. 
Um, and you want it to seem like, you know, we're being reasonable and not blokey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's fair. So, yeah, who's starting us off today, Jake? Um, well, do you know what? It's the last couple of weeks I think it's been me, so I think it's only fair that this time you start us off. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's um, great. I've got one. Um, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the rail strikes. Fantastic, because it's up there for me as well. Yeah. Um, and f- just first off, what do you think of the rail I strikes? I mean, absolutely support it, and I feel a little bit sorry um, for anyone that doesn't support it, because yeah. I feel like they've been tricked mm. into thinking. I think there's a few... For me, I thought about this the other day. I think there's a few people, a few categories of people who don't support the rail strikes. There are the classic, I suffered, why shouldn't everyone else suffer? Yeah, you know, yeah. my conditions were shit at work. My pay was shit. I was easily let go and whatever else. Why shouldn't everyone else be in the same yeah, yeah. situation? Then there are the ones that are, you know, because the fact that um, some of the senior Tory governments wrote a, um, it's more a book than a, a book. book. Yeah, but basically saying that English workers are the laziest yeah. in the world, and just no one, you know, they and don't one of the want to work. That co-wrote that book is currently very likely to Front be our next PM. female PM. <laughs> um, yeah, second second ever female PM according to one news source, which was always that quite was amusing. brilliant. That did make that me was laugh. good. Just which one do you think they forgot? It's definitely Theresa May, isn't no, it? No, I just like you to don't think forget everyone. Thatcher. I like to think everyone's blocked Thatcher out of their mind. <laughs> no, she's still very much part of like the underlying zeitgeist of this country. And the Zori party at the yeah. moment. Um, no, but sorry, so there's there's the ones who are like, I suffered, everyone else should suffer. Then I think there's, like I said, the sympathy, ones I sympathy for, the ones that are tricked yeah. into thinking um, that people in this country are lazy. Yeah. That they are trying to get something for nothing. Um, and they're, they're the ones who are, um, trying to think how to phrase this, they, they sort of think, you know, when they go, well, English works legs, and they go, they're right. They are not me. Yeah. Obviously, they they're but not when they're talking about me. Yeah. Or when they're talking about workers, they're not talking about me. I'm not lazy. Yeah. But everyone else is. And I think, I mean, I forget off the top of my head what the third one I came up with was, but I, those are definitely the two most prominent ones. And the, the the thing that always makes me laugh and upsets me at the same time about the ones who are I suffered, everyone else should suffer. And in fact, yeah. I was listening to, and I think you may have been listening to the same the broadcast. Um, yeah. Was it James O'Brien or Nick Ferrari? Uh, I watched one with James O'Brien where he called the guy out for basically being jealous. Right, yeah, no, so it was James yeah, O'Brien. Yeah. And it was basically the guy called in and he was like... Um, he was a member of the armed forces previously um, yeah. at, like, reserve level, I think. So, you know, like the territorial <laughs> army sort of level. And basically... The army was, had a it restructure. Was, it was always in his contract that they could do it, but because he didn't understand his terms and conditions, he was caught off guard the army restructured and let go of thousands of men, including him. Yeah. So he was left with no job, no notice, just gone. Um, and his rationale was because he was treated like that. Well, yeah, and he was like, well, I was dumb enough to sign the contract. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but do you not think that you want people to have better conditions and just because you didn't understand what you were well, signing like, up for, do you not think that you want people to have better And he just, every time he came back to it, like you said, all it came back to is, I never had those conditions. So why should why they? Should they? Yeah. And he tried and frame it in different ways. And I think one of the ways he tried to frame it was he sort of tried to, he made that, and people love making this comparison. They go, train drivers, first of all, train drivers are not the ones on strike. Um, no, it's the surrounding workforce. It's the ticket office workers. The it's the engineers. It's the, yeah. um, it's all those guys. It's the gate cleaners. It's the gate line assistants. It's all those all guys it, that are yeah. on strike. But, he goes, well, train, line, train drivers are on like £48,000 a year. Yeah. And junior doctors are on like 
£40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right, so the argument is not why are they paid more, it's why are they paid less. Yeah. You know, and it's just people don't, aren't able to, be a race to frame to the that. Bottom? Exactly. Um, you I, you I, had a little bit of notoriety off that, yeah, um, off well, of LBC. It was like 27 likes. I responded uh, to a post, it was about, and it's one of the things I wanted to talk about, so we might as well. Oh, no, sorry. No, you're um, right. No, we should leave that. We should okay, get to that. That's we should right. get to that. Um, so, in regards to, like, the first inconsistency with the level of thinking of being like that is that it's so counterintuitive. It's just. It's such a backwards way of thinking. And your anger shouldn't be, why can they demand better conditions? It should be, why can't all of us? Yeah, and do you know what? Um, I think people need to have a bit more... Why don't want us to have that? Yeah, I think people need to have a bit more respect and understanding. And I think it is understanding. It's always about knowledge and understanding of, of the trade unions. And what. Yeah. So what striking, and sometimes they've been less than amicable strikes, let's say, in the past. Yeah. But striking is the reason that we only work five days a week. Yeah. Predominantly, obviously, some people work more, some people work... Um, Striking is the reason that we are entitled to lunch breaks. Yeah. Um, you know, legally, you're entitled to 30-minute break for every six hours that you do. Now, that's not a lot, ultimately. No, but if, if you do a 12-hour shift, you're only getting out. But you wouldn't even have that if it weren't for striking no. and if it weren't for unions. Unions are the reason that we're, you know, we no longer employ children. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, these, yeah, are, yeah. these are all things that we go, well, they're just common sense. Like, no, they're not. We had to fight for them. Yeah, and they're the reason also why you have things like a mandatory amount of time between shifts because otherwise your employer would quite happily force yeah. you to be work back to back with very little time off. And statutory sick pay is garbage, but they're the reasons we have statutory sick yeah, pay. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, we'd and have Maternity nothing. pay yeah. and paternity pay and paternity yeah. leave and maternity leave. These are all things... The unions have given us. That unions and strike action yeah. have given us. And like I said, people look at it and they go, well, they're common sense. Obviously, we're going to have those. And it's like, no. Not obviously. No. Okay. And and they're trying to change to it and they will change it. And, and the really worrying thing is at the moment, the movement we're going in where, and it's a question I have because I don't understand how the general public can be convinced that the workforce they're a part of is idle, lazy and doesn't deserve better paying conditions. No. <laughs> but yet if you asked everyone on an individual level, I reckon in general, most people would say they deserve more money for the job they do. Yeah, absolutely. But and yet don't support collective action and i think most people are like me in that what i want from if i work full-time and i do work full-time yeah i want to be able to afford a place to live yeah um i'm not asking for anything to one bedroom yeah um with my own just to have a roof over your head my own private toilet and kitchen um which i can't afford on my on my wages to be able to feed myself yeah um to be able to obviously maintain myself clothe myself get haircuts if I cut my hair, yeah. you know, washing products, cleaning products, all that kind of stuff. And to be able to have a small amount of disposable income to that I can anything. use to treat myself, maybe eat out once in a while, yeah. go to the cinema once in a while. Um, have a life sure, maybe, sure, maybe even save up for holiday. I'm quite good at getting holidays on the cheap. I'm quite good yeah. at travelling on budgets. Yeah. But that's that's what I want from being able to work full-time, I think, and I don't think that's unreasonable demand. And I think no, most people in the country, working-class people, are in my situation. I think that's what they want from being able to work full-time. Yeah. To not have to rely on some kind of other supplementation yeah. to be able to afford to live. Yeah, and I actually... And that's just the financial stuff. Jack Monroe, who's amazing, I really like them, uh, and they tweeted something the other day which was about the amount of money, if you collated it for the year for the government, that it cost them to top up just supermarket workers' pay with benefits because they don't earn enough working even full-time in supermarkets. 
um, equals 50% of the profits supermarkets make per year. Yeah, and they'd so they still make profits. The point, they would still make, still make profits. still make a shitload of money, just not as much, to pay their workers fairly. Yeah, it, it's... Um, and then, like I said, it's not just the the pay. It's the, it's the conditions such as, like we talked about, breaks and... Um, Even your contracted hours. Yeah, and to also... To have some stability. The... Um, I want to talk about you know job security, yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's not unreasonable to ask. No, it's not. And Dominic Raab has been gunning for Human Rights Act for a while. Yeah. And the reason he wants to gun for the Human Rights Act more than anything, and I've I've said you know not necessarily said this on the pop, but I've been saying this for a long time, is so that he can tear up workers' rights. Yeah. It's the reason. It's the reason yeah, that yeah. the people who voted to not voted. Sorry, it's that's unfair on. 40 odd million people yeah. it's the reason uh, 40 or so 16 17 million people but it's the reason that the campaigners who campaigned to leave the eu campaigned to leave the eu so that we could yeah, take back control of being able to the cut last, the human rights it's, and it's cut our workers rights for big business it's the last regulated part of business really is what they can do to their workers if yeah. they can squeeze their workers even more that's more profit yeah and it's not going to stop no and uh, yeah, I think that, and, that's... And the question yeah. I want to explore within this is why would any government be okay with this happening to their population? They don't care about the population. Well, no, because the ultimate... The, the truth of it is, political parties, and particularly the Tories, will have a lot of donations coming from big businesses that want them to believe in these things. And that's the thing. None of these politicians actually believe in any of the things they're doing. No. And we're the ones who pay for it constantly. No, and, and what they are very good at doing is investing a fair amount of that money into PR. And it's a, it's a, it's a relationship that works both ways. You know, they get all this money from these people. Yeah. And in return, the people feed the narrative to us, the public, through, yeah. um, you know, sort of independent news channels and through um, newspapers, yeah. uh, magazines, websites, that kind of stuff, through social yeah, yeah. media to say that actually... You know, that whole thing of pissing on us and telling us it's rain. The government will piss on us. Yeah. And in return for, as well as some of the money, what they'll give, what they'll also get is the companies who are paying them all this money to convince us that we're, that it's raining. Yeah. To convince us, not only that it's raining, that we need the rain, actually, and the rain's quite good yeah. for us. and the politicians that get involved in all this shit are guaranteed to be settled for life when they get out of... Yeah. Get out of politics, they get nice little cushy advisor jobs where they have to turn up once a month to a meeting to rake in millions a year. Yeah. It's it's but like none of this is not out in the open. Do you know what I mean? It's like Boris Johnson himself. Everything about him was always available. It was well known. But we just don't it's I, I don't know what it is. Is it fear? Are we so afraid of well, what might happen? I think it's a kind of I think definitely with the Brexit thing, it's a it's a stubborn, and I've realised that's not necessarily what we're talking about, but it's a stubbornness for a lot of people not to be able to admit that they were so spectacularly duped. There's, an, there's an, in fact, there's a. Well, I don't even know if you have to admit you were duped. Just admit this isn't working. There's an, there's an old saying, um, and it's oh, I can't remember who the it's not that old. I think it's like nineteenth twentieth century yeah. author. He said uh, that it's easier to convince a man that he's. Um, it's easier to lie to a man than to convince him that he's been lied to. Yeah. And I think that is true. People don't want to believe that they've been conned into this, so then you bury your head in the sand. I think one of the other parts of, of it, though, like one of the things that stops people is like the 
the options to fix what's going wrong are so radical. Like the things you'd have to do to turn things around and make things fundamentally different would be radical. Yeah, and because like Jeremy Corbyn level shit of we're going to have to nationalise some industries because we've drifted slowly um, away from where we need we've to gone be. So far the other way that the only option would be to go extremely the other way. Uh, which would have its own issues. I mean, we'd have to start nationalising. Like, I don't understand at what point it stops. Like, Martin Lewis is scaring the shit out of me at the moment with his yeah. predictions of what the price cap's yeah. going to be. And, like, people are just not going to pay their bills. And well, what are they going to do? I did want to talk to you about this. There is a campaign yeah. for that, and I do want to, you know, we'll yeah. hopefully get onto that. But, yeah, just... Let me ask you this. On the, oh, sorry. No, I just feel like with the rail strikes at the moment, I find it frustrating that the narrative is 100% about why train drivers have it good and not why are we all in the shit. And yet actually, you know what I mean? and actually, and again, first of all, it's that clever thing from the from the government who are not really actively taking part in a lot of these discussions. Yeah. But um, or the clever thing is to say, well, it's train drivers. It's like it's not about the train drivers. No. This RMT strike is not about the train no. drivers. We know someone who's a member of the RMT, yeah. who is on strike, who will be going on strike in the oh, next, okay. in the next round of strikes. As, as to and they, would. they are not a train driver. They no. do not earn a lot of money. They no. earn more than I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. only a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, like no, The golf is not massive. No. And they earn quite well in within the realms of their company. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. They're, they're, they're by no means... Still not they're like by no means the bottom earners. No, but not really comfortable either, if no. that makes sense. No, and it, it's like... Again, it's that clever thing. But let me ask you this about the RMT strikes. Um, yeah. What do you make of the the news that broken? It's obviously it's just it's just attempts to sully the the unions because I think if you go and speak to people in the streets, which I'm sure you may well have done working in a public facing role as you do, yeah, and certainly speaking to colleagues and stuff, generally the support is there. It's the weird unions. at work. People haven't really been talking about. It. It's been more about the ladies' football, which just by the way, congrats yes. to the women for making it to the final. Uh, and good luck for Sunday. Yes, and we will be doing uh, a podcast at time on of release, that. It will, um, yeah, we will. But Jake made a good point because I was going to talk about it this week. But he was like, "Well, why don't we wait until?" Yeah, because what we do is while we release on a yeah. Sunday, we'll release an episode, and then like an hour or two, like, well, they within play, like five yeah, or six hours, they would have played. The they'll final. have either been winners or runners up. Yeah, so we'll it will be easier to talk about post rather than pre, uh, which is fair. Although I tell you what, I, I can two things. You know, whose goal was better, Beth Mees or Alicia Russo's? I guarantee uh, they both score or pots. In fact, it's she's me been to the long range one that everyone was going. Because I, I only saw the no, back hill um, one. That was Russo, yeah. I got to be honest with you. I saw that and I was like, "What is to keep her doing?" Uh, if I was, yeah, in she that... she also got caught out by Frank Kirby's goal, who lobbed okay. her where it was like, and and the, the the panel discussed this at the start, at the halfway point. They said she likes to play a really high, yeah, yeah, yeah. line so as from a goalkeeper's perspective, so it is easy to catch her. Yeah, yeah. She's. I think they all said it respectfully, like she's had an incredible career, but she's on the well past on her the prime. Decline, yeah. And she's coming yeah, to the like end If of it. I was in, was it the Sweden team? Yeah, Sweden. If I was in that yeah, defence, I wouldn't have been um, massively impressed. No, I'd have been looking, thinking yeah. for the lob. Like like, if well, Alex if did that you in the Power League, you'd have yelled at him for. Don't apologise if you're not going <laughs> to change. <laughs> well, we're, just, we're not letting that <laughs> go. Making him cry. We're not letting that go, huh? No. Um, but yes, sorry. So what I was going to say is, <laughs> we got it's, completely. It's obviously an attempt to sully the union. Yeah. What do you make of the whole thing about Eddie Dempsey, who is the? I think he's like the basically the underling to Mick Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he lives in a council house in London, and 
there's this outrage because basically, because he's on, first of all, this is, I think this did annoy me. And, and How I got, much does he earn? Well, this is the thing. So I want to just want to say two things. First of all, I'm usually quite a fan of Nick Ferrari. I actually usually think he's, he handles things pretty well. I've gone off of him in recent years. I, I think he's gone a bit right wingish. Well, like, I'll tell you what really annoyed me was he was talking to... I don't to know, he takes stances on things I wouldn't have expected based off he of was, other characteristics. Well, this week he was asking Mick Lynch about the Eddie Dempsey situation, the story that broke. Yeah. And he was saying, he's on a six-figure salary. And, and um, Mick Lynch was like... So well, he's, what, he's talking well, hundreds? He went, he's not on a six-figure salary. He says, I know what I pay him, because I pay him. <laughs> yeah. He says, not a six-figure salary. And, and uh, uh, who am I talking about? Nick Ferrari. Nick Ferrari is in the studio. And he goes, oh, yes, I think I think the figure is uh, £82,706. Is that right? And it, and it was like, so you had the figure. Yeah. So yeah. why are you saying six figures? Yeah. You had the figure in front. You knew what the figure was. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. just trying to stir just, up this yeah, story. Flame it and but he's in, he's on like eighty grand a year. Right. But just to be clear, so at how long has he lived there? So he's lived there for he he was there when he was, you know, a um, I think he's been there about eight or nine years, something yeah. like that. He's, and he's he lived wouldn't there with have his been family. earning that much when he first to, Yeah. So just to be there. clear, just to be clear, uh, at point of recording, it's sort of back end of July. Yeah. Um, he got the trade union job. Yeah. Um, you know, as the the position he's in now in October last year, so he's not been. In so he's the not job even been in the job a year. And let's be honest, he would have been spending that time getting his feet under the table, and not as they, worrying as, about as, house as, hunting. As people have has come to his defence, and I think I would come to defence and say, yeah. "What? So at what point, when someone gets a new job with a very big pay promotion, do you have to move, have to move out? What yeah. point do you have to say, right? Well, you're too, you're too rich what if for he this just place likes now. Living Fuck there. off. Well, he does like living there. Yeah. His, his family is, you know, he's raised his family there. Like, do you know what I mean? He's raising his family before there. he earned that amount of money. He was happy to live there, and everyone else was happy for him to live there. So what? Now he's become more but successful. Also, he's this not idea allowed to live you're there. on eighty thousand pound a year. So as soon as that first pay packet comes in, you've got to pack your bags and fuck off. Yeah, um, well, I just wanted to know if, if you knew the there story. For long enough, couldn't he still buy the place? Just wonder if you knew the story and what you made. No, of it. I, d- I didn't know it. I th- I th- it's it's another like it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because if you're working class and he c- comes across as someone who definitely can- comes from working class background, hence well, this probably is why he's a member the, of the R. Apart from McLinch, who was a unionist from pretty yeah, much when yeah. he left school, every other member and senior member of the um, R and T union yeah. are voted in from their positions on the railway. They okay. are. They have oh, to be right, working okay. on the railway before they are elected to represent right, either okay. at a low level or at high level, as Eddie Dempsey is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are all workers. Yeah, they have all been workers. So, so when they're representing this, the people, they were doing their job. Far less than that. If yeah, it, like much less than that. Yeah. So he's worked very hard. He's earned his position. I couldn't like. It's so irrelevant. It's so it's it's a blatant attempt, as you said, to muddy the waters to paint a. Like, how ridiculous is it from a Tory administration to try and make out workers, unionists, to be above their station? Or do you know what I mean? To try I know and when these guys are on, the when these guys have got two, three houses. Oh, and, just, and like one of our next prime ministers, his wife, like, comes from billions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, and they're worried about a Labour unionist living in a council house. And as, like, as was also as was rightfully turned around when they like, went, you know, as as um, like, of, as Nick Ferrari sort of said, well, what about you know the fact that there are lots of people on the waiting list? And Mick Lynch went, well, surely the argument then is, why is it that this government has spent ten years? I've spent ten years promising Building to build none. more affordable houses none. and built none. none. Like I loved it. There's a, a compilation of Liz Truss being completely fucking useless. And there's one where I, don't she's I imagine that took a long time to edit down to just a short clip. <laughs> and um, there was one, oh, was it? I can't remember which political commentator it was, but he was asked, she, he said, um, 
someone was making a comment about the, and she's like, we didn't get to build as many as we would have liked. And he was like, and how many was that, Liz? Because I've got the number. And she was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, was exactly. that the BBC guy? I can't think of his name, yeah, but yeah, I know the, the one. The Baldish guy that's yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and he's like, I've got the number here. Do you, do you want to say it? She's like, oh, I don't remember what the exact number is. like, zero, Liz. Yeah, it's a pretty easy zero. number to remember. It's easy. Zero. And she just... Yeah, shakes it yeah. off and carries on. Yeah. This government, and it's this goes back to when David Cameron got elected, do not give a shit about the working class and have done everything since they've been in power to erode our position, our opinion of one another, um, our aspirations. It's literally, it literally divided um, Congo. Right? And it's we're an at a point now it. where, like, so me and my missus have actually been quite sensible. We've tried to sort out our finances. We've managed to save some money. And we're finally in a position where that if we wanted to move out, we've got a deposit to do it. But now, because of the way the prices of everything have gone up, we're going to have to hold off because I don't want to risk us looking to move into somewhere and then after a few months, everything goes up and we now can't afford to live there. Yeah. Um, so we're now in a position where we've actually saved up, we've actually been sensible, but now can't afford to move out. No, and, and yet... And no, no, as I said, I think it was a really interesting thing from... It was, a, it was a really good point from Mick Lynch to just return it with that and say, well... Not only are they they've not built any affordable houses, but they've actually been saying for the last twelve years that they will build. Yeah, they've yeah. been promising us they will. It's been a manifesto promise. By I'm pro, I put money on the fact it's been a manifesto promise. Oh, since every Cameron, government. like oh yeah, but but like particularly since the Tories have been in power yeah. since Cameron, like there's been yeah. a pledge to build more affordable housing. I can remember it for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it being um, a pledge, um, and and. It's hard not to see anything other than an insidious reason behind why they're doing it. And that can be self-interest, but it doesn't make it any less insidious to me than no. if it was a grand conspiracy. No. Because it still shows the same level of disregard for me and you and everyone yeah. who works for a living. Yeah. Well, sticking with sticking with the, the, the specifically the rail strikes, yeah. um, the last point that I certainly I wanted to talk about was... Um, what do you make of the whole Sam Tarry situation? Yeah, that was one so of my things as well. Um, for those who don't know, Sam Tarry was the shadow transport secretary. For Labour. Um, so he was on the front <clears throat> benches of Labour. Yeah. He went to a picket line, um, got interviewed on the picket line, and he then has been removed from the front benches. Now, the Labour are saying that the reason that he's removed, just to be very clear, is that he was um, telling the interviewer about Labour policies, yeah, that haven't that been, haven't been actually. <laughs> they're not actually our policies, ratified. and they're saying that you he can't just go around making manifesto pledges, yeah, without having it approved by the party, yeah. So I do sort of understand, but at the same time, I think the image, the PR of it, as is I very said, bad. you know, the goal is open wide for Labour to win the next general yeah. election, and yet. Keir Starmer is doing as much as he can to kind of hinder their own chances. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, but I believe him in what he says in the sense of, basically, I don't really care how it looks. On principle, if I've issued, this is a no-go, we're not going to do it. Whatever reason he's given, you've elected him as your leader, you listen. And if you don't, he's going to, regardless of the situation, regardless of how it looks for him personally, he's just going to call you from the herd yeah um i I was listening to james o'brien talk about it actually and he said it's his biggest strength and his weakness and we've talked about it that he doesn't play the game of politics do you know what i mean he's just regardless of how it looks he's going to do what he thinks is right 
and if that means he becomes prime minister, amazing. If you know, if and it I think that's the difference between him and Boris is neither of them play the game of politics, but Boris for completely different reasons. Boris <laughs> plays to put on a show, yeah. and to trick everyone and to say, "Look over here." Yeah. Whereas Kiss Starmer plays for, like you said, a kind of his own sense of moral yeah, pride, what he believes in, and what, that you don't have to agree with that. But I think just off of that alone. I still see him as a far more viable option than anything the Tories are offering, for me personally. That's fair. So where do you think that leaves Labour? I mean, in the eyes of the general public, their opinion aren't high enough, not as high as you need it to be in general, for them to be a a viable government at the next general election. I don't think they're really in a position to properly challenge. I think you'll see a swing back in Labour's direction, but I don't know whether it will be enough to get a majority. They might, if they're lucky, be able to pull off a coalition like we've had previously. Um, but I think as to where this leaves them, worse off than they were worse before. Worse than they were a week ago. Kind yeah. Of um, and it's a shame because I think I can understand exactly why Sakir done it. I think what I would have probably done is perhaps if I was Sakir, I would have done an appearance myself. Not Maybe not at the strikes, but I would have come out and said, like, look, Tom's very passionate, X, Y, and Z. Um, those policies aren't set in stone. They're not indicative of what we want to achieve overall. And then what I would have done once everything had calmed down, he'd be gone. So I would have just done it later down the line. Yeah, I sort of understand. Like, it's a bit of a tough one. As it is, t- leading the yeah. political parties. Because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like If, you know, if he hadn't got rid of it, there would have been some people that would have been like... Oh, you need to get rid of it. Well, this is and this is the interesting thing about Labour for me, is that the reason that they are able to keep dropping in the polls and not taking the leads that they have is that I don't know what Labour stands for. They don't have any policies. No, and you'd think instinctively they would want to back the um, the strikes, but again, listening to a few radio shows, they were sort of saying that. The problem is, if Sakir Starmer nails himself to the mast in either direction, if if he nails himself to the pro-strike side, the government can drag their feet even more, blame Labour for getting involved and make it a bad PR thing for Labour. So it's sort of, like, I get why they haven't, but I just think overall... Even not on this specific issue, it's like, the Tories are taking sort of the, the far-right, anti-woke, let's-make-the-rich-richer approach on every single yeah. issue... Labour have not come out and stood their ground on and no, took a stance on any to other be fair, issue. It's something Boris would let uh, like throw at Sakir at Prime Minister's questions in retort quite often. That you know you criticise our plan. At least we have. But plan. where's yours? No, and do you know what? I know, uh, and you're right. There's often, not, there's, he comes out with the odd tweet saying this is what we think about this and this is how we try and do things. But there's nothing like I want to introduce this policy or. Or if he is like doing right that, it's now, certainly the not best being thing they can yeah, do loud enough. Is assume that there's about to be a general election. Yeah. Um and introduce a manifesto. Yeah. Actually get some pledges, get some policies, put them on the table, so yeah. let people know where you stand on things. And he needs to give people FaceTime. Like he should be on every morning television show, big radio show, and go against difficult people. Go against mm. people that are going to give you a bit of pushback. And, like, look, there'll be a few times you might not come off smelling the roses. But eventually, because the problem is, as we know, they need on that side someone, a, 
like more like a Boris that can handle themselves, doesn't get ruffled very easily under pressure, can waffle for Britain and yeah. get themselves like the amount of times you'd think Sakia had him nailed in PMQs and Boris would just roll off of it. Mm. Um and I've I've never seen someone with the ability to do that so well. Um so I think Sakia does need to be a bit more polished. I think he needs to I don't know, I feel like he needs a bit more force behind him, a bit more oomph maybe, but definitely needs to play politics more because ultimately, like in an ideal world, Sakia should be Prime Minister and that sort of more principled brand of politics should be in charge. But, but the, that's not the world we live in. The problem in. is and at this point, even though, and I would, I would back Labour because I don't want the Tories, I think yeah. the Tories are doing actively damaging our country yeah, and yeah. you can see that in almost every measurable way. Everything but, they're doing. Like, I can understand why people go, well, yeah, but I can't vote for Labour. It's like, yeah, because what do Labour stand for? What are their... Yeah. They, like I said, they don't have any policy, and they the don't have any is, pledges. This is a time where, as you said, it's the time to get the message out. We're like, we're at a point where if you can get across a nice, reasonable message that people can get behind, you could really garner support, especially considering mm. how far it swung the other way. There's no reason why if you didn't yeah. do it right, it couldn't swing back the other but yeah, I think the problem is our politics currently is completely about... Ide- it's all identity politics. It's about our group against your group. And that's just the world we're living in. So you have to sort of get down and dirty at times. Yeah, and I'll t- tell you what. Um, strikes, obviously, they're, they're, they're not the only strikes. The RMT. So um, let me find it here. Uh, BT announced recently over £400 million profits for one quarter, the first quarter of the <laughs> year. Um, uh, and they're rubbing it in their members' faces. Uh, and they've had a and big the BT takeover. went on strike. Did, and the BT, went, BT employees went on strike recently. It was the first BT strike in 24 years. Brilliant. Uh, so, so not 24 years. Sorry, it was the first strike since 1987. Oh, wow. And it was the first call centre strike ever. And meanwhile, the boss of um, BT, the CEO... Got a thirty-two percent pay rise this year, up to three and a half million. And when he was asked about, and this is, I've not seen the interview, but I've, I've read various newspaper outlets reporting this. That when yeah. he was asked about how do you just, you know, the fact that you're paying, you're getting paid so much, the company's making four hundred million pound profits in uh, a quarter, quarter, and are on track to make, you know, over a billion pounds this year profit this year. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, the workers are taking a real terms pay cut. And just like that, and and he allegedly said, um, it is what it is. Yeah, well, that that is the answer, though, isn't it? Because they can, because they want to. Um, the fundamental issue, and we keep, I think we've talked about it a few times, is just that the job of every big business, the job of every CEO, every board member, every executive at a big company, is to make more money than they did yesterday. Yeah. When I was a manager in retail, the one of the biggest parts of our job, and no matter how they tried to dress up. it up was about your numbers we had league tables and even when they got rid of the league tables we had league tables and we were updated daily and you know if you're if you had a day that was like a couple of hundred quid down from the same day last week you'd be asked in the next uh conference call what happened that day yeah like what did you do and it's like what do you mean just less people came in today yeah like that's it yeah, no, and, and um, this is this is my big problem. And it's with everything's based on. This is, and this is why I push to, I lean towards renationalisation, is that yeah. these things, the railway, heating, which obviously we'll get yeah. on to, because like I said, you had a bit of internet fame with it, and we'll, we'll touch on that. <laughs> internet fame. Um, but heating, 
eating, railway, yep. infrastructure, you know, transport infrastructure. These are public services. These Basic are things that people need to live on. Yeah. Uh, and they're there to not just to live on, but to live on with a little bit of dignity yeah. and respect. They should not be about profits. No. They should not be about putting money in anyone's pocket. They should be no. about providing the service to the people, and that is it. To the best level that it can. And that is it. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, let me just open up because I've got the figures Please here. Do. So Centrica, yep. who own British Gas, announced a 500% increase in six-month profit <laughs> to $1.3 billion. That Makes sense. And Look how much more everyone's getting charged. They gave out £59 million pounds of dividends. Also, yeah, Centrica, isn't it? The company yeah, that the owns British, British gas. gas. And also, you look at Shell, obviously, petrol's a big issue at the moment. Yeah, it's going yeah. up and up and up. And the price of oil, by the way, has not, you know, has come back down. Yeah. This is the thing. Whenever they put prices up, they justify it by saying, well, our wholesale prices are higher. But when the prices when drop, the wholesale again, prices go exactly back down, the are. prices to the consumer, to you and me, they never come back down, do no. they? they? Or if they do, up. it's very, very slight amount. Um, and it's still not. Shell recorded £11.5 billion in the last quarter. Yeah. They announced a six billion pound uh, dollar, sorry, eleven and a half billion dollars. They announced a six billion dollar share back, uh, share buyback, which basically gives the current money, which allows people to buy the shares back off the public. You know, yeah. some public do own it. No, there's a big incentive to to give it back to the to give the money back to the people who already have money. Of course. Um, and sorry, yeah. So it's the CEO of Shell. I apologise. Not um, who did I accuse just now? It was. The CEO of BT. It wasn't it was the CEO of Shell who says it is what it is. Yeah. Um and just to just to by the way, to, to like you said about Martin Lewis, um recently said that recently gave some estimations. He estimated that roughly ten million people will fall into fuel poverty. Now fuel poverty used to just mean not people spending more than a certain percentage of their wages. So I think it was about 15%. So yep. if you were spending 20% of your wages on fuel, you were considered in fuel poverty. That in the last few years has changed. It now literally means that after you've put out all your bills, yep. you will fall below the poverty line. So 14.5 million people are already in poverty. Yeah. Martin Lewis estimates that another 10 million are going to go into poverty when the um, energy price caps rise again in October. So that's just to give you an idea, 67 million people in the UK. Yeah, that means I love the lean forward there. For anyone not on YouTube, you need to get on that and see how serious this the conversation just turned. <laughs> so, twenty two percent of the population are already in poverty. Yeah, it's estimated, and this and Martin Lewis said that it's a low end so estimation. That's what, over a quarter of the population, or twenty two percent, twenty two percent of the go, population yeah. are already in poverty. Fourteen percent of the UK population is about to go into poverty. So that means we're going to have 36% Which means that by the, the end of the year, we can have 36% of the population in poverty. And just that doesn't mean that everyone else is fine. There'll be plenty more hovering just above that poverty well, line, look, millions more. And when the price caps go up again next year, we could be facing millions more yeah, going further I'm not going to say who they are, but recently I know someone who's just got their state pension and uh, they've been going through their finances, like literally line by line to see what their outgoings are what their incomings are and uh, because they now get state pension they're going to get less of all the yeah. private pensions um, and a really backwards way of taxing you on stuff because yeah. basically I was learning that you don't yeah it's to do with the fact you're not taxed on your national insurance contributions and shit like that and that's why you then pay tax on your state pension or something it's proper it's ridiculous and look it's proper wanky um, um 
but basically as it stands this person's just about all right you know what i mean like they've got enough to cover their outgoings but not a huge amount left yeah. over after that um so now come the new year this person's genuinely worried about yeah what it means yeah. like all right so i'm just getting by now but it's going to get worse yeah, and I listened to an economist this week speaking about it quite eloquently, I thought, and quite um, articulately, sort of said that actually, you know, money, you know, money still exists in society. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, and the adequate money is still in society. It's just not with the people who are expected to pay more and more, which is you and me, um, and we're not being paid yeah. to match what we're expected to pay out. And I think the really interesting things I said is that a lot of, people in you know particularly in the government and whatever have been saying that actually if you pay the people more that Prices leads to more inflation and they say violence. they say workers wages yeah. um in uh push inflation but that's interesting because since 2010 when the tory party took over yeah um inflation has been rife yeah it has been going up and up and obviously the last couple of years even more but it's still yeah. it's been going up quite high since they took over but wages have been stagnant. relatively stagnant yeah so you can't not, have it both ways. Do you know what I mean? It's not a real time decrease or like a real terms decrease. Uh, it's and also you know we shouldn't. I know I don't want to mention. We're not meant to mention the v, the B word. Yeah. But how can Brexit hasn't helped? But how can a country imposing such economic sanctions on itself yeah. not have an effect on the economy? Yeah. Um, the problem is the arg- This all started for me when I heard about trickle-down economics and the whole reason why that sort of became a thing and it's sort of oh, that absolute one of the reasons bullshit. why capitalism has taken the shape it has because basically in america they started unleashing the banks and financial sector and basically believing that if you put more money at the top it would eventually and it's come a fine down. ideology but the money never trickles down yeah because on a lot on a logical sense it makes sense if they're earning more they can afford to pay you more you then spend that money and it's it just goes in a nice are, circle there are a lot of uh, let's say leaks yeah. near the top of the but chain. But the problem was the people that were at the head of these things decided very quickly, well, actually, it's very easy for us not to pass the money down and keep the profits yeah. up here. I said there's a lot of leaks at the um, top, so the money doesn't always trickle down. No, it doesn't. And the problem is, if that is the way we do everything to allow business, whatever field it is, whatever industry, to just grow to whatever level it can grow to, like because in theory there shouldn't be a company as big as Amazon. There shouldn't be a company that can meet that level of demand. In terms of hum- my human ideology as well, if it as long as people are hungry in the world, dying of diseases that are easily curable yeah. and preventable, no one should be making billions of pounds of profit. No. And th- and the problem is... Or even have billions of pounds. The argument of the money isn't there to deal with all this shit. It's like it is. It's, it's just in the wrong places. Bollocks. It's bollocks. It's... Uh, it, like I said, like we just said, it's shell. Greed. It's 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 people's fear of having to give up. Like, or if through, it's what we said loads of times on this podcast, people have an irrational fear that by giving other people more, you end you have up less. with less. And it's such but a backwards just, ideology. Well, as we've just said, Shell, in a three-month period, four hundred million, eleven and a half billion dollars. Eleven and a half billion dollars in a three-month span. Yeah. Don't tell me the money's not there. No. Centrica made um, five times their profit. They made £1.3 billion. Pounds. But the problem... Don't tell me the money isn't there. ...our country has gotten into is the backbone of our economy is the finance sector. So the prob- it's, it's a situation where it's almost symbiotic now so that if we overtly or over-harshly 
curtail what the financial industry can do and how much money it can make. That directly affects how our country succeeds. So we can't. We can't go in it unless we find other ways of making money. But the energy price cap, and Ofgem are doing nothing, by the way. No. no. The energy price cap is expected to rise, it's going to rise to £3,850 in January. And it's going to keep going up until 2024, at least. Yeah. Um, uh, like, there has to be a point. And this is the thing I just wanted to mention, that uh, a real sign of how expensive times are right now. McDonald's have just put up the price of their cheeseburger for the first time in... Oh, have they? What, from 99p? To pound nineteen. Oh, wow. That should be the writing point. No, but like the, the thing is, like things as basic as, like, if you wanted even two months ago to buy a bag of Maltesers, they're always on offer. Normally, that would have cost you a pound for a bag of Maltesers if you go to a supermarket, right? They've yep. now, on offer, one thirty-five. Um, I buy my cat's treats, right? Uh, yeah. Up until last month, they were eighty nine p on offer. They're now two for two pound fifty. Yeah, like it, it's it's not everything. Ju- it's everything. And, like, and I see these tweets about oh, it's gone up by four hundred pound a year for people in their baskets. And I think basically whatever figure any institution it's tries to give you, triple it. Yeah, easily triple it. There's no way people are only spending four hundred pound more on their shopping. There's no way. Looks uh, like you said, I've already felt it personally. I, I've, I've seen massive increases. And the only way I see this going is a really horrific way. People dying. Yeah. People losing their homes. People having nowhere to live. Um, our country genuinely declining because there's not, there's, it's hard to imagine that even if the worst starts happening and people are getting thrown on the streets because they can't afford to pay energy bills and they can't afford to pay their rent, can't afford to well, eat. And I think you, you the government a, still aren't going to do You made a very anything. interesting point on... on when you commented on your, uh, when you got a little bit of notoriety. But yeah. I think it's very insulting that companies are announcing millions and billions of pounds in profits, hundreds of millions and billions. It, and meanwhile, at the same time, not at the same time, they're setting up food banks because their <laughs> employees can't afford to yeah, live yeah, yeah. on the wages they're paying. Well, how about you just give them a fair wage? It's not going too far there. Yeah. It, it, and the problem talk is, us through your your moment of fame. Uh, well, it's, a, it's a tweet with twenty seven likes, folks. It went viral. Oh, look, that's, big I mean? that's big oh, for me. That's big for me. It's big for me. LBC basically tweeted about the centric of profits, and I just said that it just reinforces what I believe that companies can make less and can afford to make less. They just choose not to. The money is sat there in big companies' bank accounts, waiting to pay people. No, they look at it. They go, well, but we they give it make, to the people at the top. They go, we're making. Like let's say we're making five hundred million, uh, five, sorry, but let's say we're making a billion pounds yeah. a year, and it, that's a lot a year. But this this wasn't even a year. The centrica thing it yeah. was over a much shorter period of time. But let's say we're making one point three billion pound a year, and we go well, you know, our prices that we're the price for us to provide the service is going up a little bit. Now we could not pass that on to the consumer. Yeah, and actually instead of making one point three billion pounds profit, we actually make six hundred million pounds profit. Yeah, or we could keep making one point three billion pound profit and just charge them more. Mm. Fuck it, charge them more, and it's like no, don't like. And also, there comes a point where it breaks. Like, don't pay UK is a campaign right now that are trying to get as many people as they can, and they ideally they want the entire nation. Yeah. They're trying to campaign for the entire nation to simply cancel your direct debits and just not pay the energy companies on the first of October when the prices go up. Yeah, because it's a, it's a we the can't. Thing, it's difficult. I, I get it. Like, because the thing is. I, I said to it's that breaking in point. that tweet. I said I ended up having a conversation with someone that responded to me, and I, and uh, I said you made a friend. What what gets proven by the strikes 
because like even James O'Brien when having a conversation with that guy from the army he was like right so if they're not allowed to strike what can, what, they, do? What can they do what would you allow them to do to protest their rights and th- this was one of the things I wanted to say that one of the misconceptions at the moment is that you know they signed the contract that sort of bullshit well actually no they signed a contract with better terms than what they're now being offered they're trying to be forced off of the terms they're already on yeah. they've not demanded anything of the company the company didn't want to give them they're on what the company allowed them to have the company just decided now you've got too many rights and we want to take them away it's 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 ridiculous um but i said to this person like the own so like what 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 are your other options there aren't any the only option in the end of the day is collective action and yeah. you can either do it peacefully or violently um, and I hope it stays... Pe- well, I can only see for the general public it getting to a point where some sort of protest is needed. It's difficult with... I think... The problem with not paying your bills is what that does to your credit score and your credit score is a key part of your future if you want to own a home I or think when the, when the thing goes up... Any finance. In, um, when the prices go up again next year, I think we'll see civil unrest. Yeah, I do I've, across I've, I the country. I think we will see. There's a good chance. I don't think there'll necessarily be full-scale riots, but there will be something similar to rioting. I do yeah, believe and it because people be honest, can't afford it now, and they're looking at not being able to afford it even more. They're going to be even more in debt, even yeah, more, yeah. even worse. And the off. thing is, it's a bit like um, when I worked for my previous company. There were certain things they were squeezing, like our labour and things like that. And I remember saying to one of my area managers, like, "At what point does it break? Because it will." you'll get to a point where stores can no long, longer operate effectively. Yeah. And it's the same for anyone's life. If you keep squeezing and squeezing the resources we have at the lowest end, eventually something Because you're going to look at the point where people are going, they're, get, they're getting in debt to pay their bills, yeah. or they're simply getting cut off because they can't afford to pay their bills. Like, their credit score's going down, like you said. And then what you get is you get people who have nothing to lose. Yeah. And that's and what a government doesn't want. you're fucking with people's kids, man. You're risking children's lives. But like just that's the bare bones it, of it. There's families at, out there. But to look at it selfishly from a governmental perspective, to put yourself in the shoes in the shoes yeah. of the government, the one thing you don't want is people with nothing to lose, and you are giving them nothing. You are taking away everything they and have like, to look, lose. What would you say is the number one responsibility of a government? It's the safety and well-being of the people that live under their care. Yeah. And for as well for at least the last ten years, it's been. An, it, I don't care what argument you have. You cannot argue to me that they have given a shit about working people's lives. They haven't. No. Everything for as long as I can remember, must be for the last 10 years since David Cameron and George Osborne were in power. The first thing they did was introduce austerity measures. Yeah. And they would tell people that wanting to look after people, disabled people, social care, elderly people. It was a childish, childish wish pipeline. list. Yeah, childish uh, wish Mr. List. Dominic Raab, a member of the Actual quote. cabinet. Actual quote. He said that to a woman who was disabled a childish wish list these are the people we're dealing with yeah. these are the people we're dealing with and it's why ultimately i keep getting frustrated and i don't know what we do because too many people are still okay with it that's what worries me like I said, I, I, and, I, and i don't know whether that's because there's still a gap between us and the next level do you know what i mean like, the more the middle class gets squeezed i think that will be what makes it more of a turning point because that next level of people turn against the government as well as us if there was civil unrest and i don't mean riots yes. but if more of a peaceful march, mashup, would you? Absolutely, absolutely, mm. yeah. I, I, I think um, I would happily go to something outside our MP's office and be like, what are you doing? What are you doing to help us? I've not heard anything from you. No, I would, and we've obviously been right on the right on the edges of, you know, in the greater London area. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd join anything. Like, Any protest that was happening up there, I'd join. Mr. Elliot Colburn, RMP, and I will call him out. You have been happy to stand by and be a member of this Conservative Party. You were happy to stand under Boris Johnson. For that, you should be ashamed. But the fact you're not out on the street trying to reassure people that you're doing if everything in your power to hold the government you're a part of to account. I know, and what's so worrying about the leadership race, I didn't necessarily think we touched None on it. None of them care. Well, what's so worrying <laughs> is, literally the platform they're all running on is, look how More shit the government... More austerity measures. <laughs> look how, no, they're all going, look how shit the government's been for the last 12 years. Yeah. I'm the one fixing it. It's like, you were the one who made it. Yeah. How can you possibly ask the public... And you're literally telling us, do you know who's really let you down? The this Tories. <laughs> so do you know who can really back you? I can't... Like one of the things I was thinking mad. about the other day is since we've had the Conservatives in charge, there has been zero stability. We've had a new government every couple of years, a new Prime and Minister. And with it, by the way, every outgoing Prime Minister gets to elect people to the House of Lords. Yeah. Which is, by the way, needs massive reform. The fact that we can have... You know, Boris is supposedly putting 50 peers in the House of Lords. They're in there for what, life. What, before he goes? They're, yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. they're in there for life. There's no electoral process, you know, there's no like, oh, my no, seat's no, no, no. up for change again. Once they're in, they're in. Yeah. And all they have to do is vote Tory on yeah. every policy. It's worrying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry. No, it's just shit, man. I, d- I don't know what the answer is. It's getting I've harder and harder to maintain a positive outlook. Yeah, and I felt that way for a really long time yeah. now. And like with Rishi Sunat, for example, like because I was saying to the ant that the problem is, like everyone knew under Boris that basically... He wasn't in charge of anything. He might have set out, all right, well, we want to do this, this and this. But in terms of the actual uh, implementation of it, he wasn't directly involved in anything. And the only time he ever did get involved in anything was when it shit really hit the fan and you needed the prime minister involved in it. Otherwise, yeah. That's people when were left to get on with whatever the they wanted. So what that meant is everything our government did financially under Boris Johnson was fought up, overseen and implemented by one man and his team. Rishi Sunak and that man has had the gall to go on national television look you down the camera and say everything we've done financially is wrong but I can fix it so you fucking cunt I'm sorry he's a scumbag absolute scumbag and I really hope he does I think as much as I don't want this trust I don't want Rishi Sunak and we need a general election though we said it yeah like we do um well, do you know what? I mean, is there anything else you'd like to mention before I move on to some, some sort of lighter ones to end on? I hope you've got lighter ones because I've got apps. <laughs> I've, I've got doom and gloom, ones. bro. That's fine. No, I'm 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 more or less done. Okay, first, okay <laughs> then. First of all, let's have a look at that. Did you, are you aware of the uh, the drag queen story time that took place in Bristol no, I did last not. week? Protesters turned up, started accusing the kids of, started accusing the parents of of like taking their kids to be groomed. Calling yeah, the this is a thing now, isn't it? The new the the version of grooming now is people are afraid that trans people, well, or first of all, LGBTQ like, plus people, people are just, grooming kids to are these be. People just not aware of. And this is, by the way, that was the argument back when Section Twenty Eight was introduced, and it. Oh, was it? And Rishi wants to read. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but so I didn't know that was a thing. By the way, I, 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 no, we spoke about it the other week on the pod, didn't we? A couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, no, so. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing because, um, first of all, these like at least people never heard of pantomime. <laughs> yeah, there's we've got a huge tradition in this country of um, dressing drag and cross dressing. For I mean, like eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties comedians yeah. literally made a living off it. You know, French and Saunders. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, literally, they were brilliant. Half as well. their thing was dressing <laughs> up. And, 
every every TV double act that you can think of has done a yeah, sketch yeah. or sketches as, the as like little old ladies or yeah, what, yeah. like yeah. But also, I think it's an interesting thing. Someone pointed out, and I don't, and I just thought it's an interesting. So, what did to these people it. do that people got upset about? It was just drag queen story time. So, drag queens come in and they read I'll stories to, to the kids. Skull. So it's at libraries, public libraries. Parents okay. have to put places on it. They come in, they read kids. And in the drag way, it's kind of a bit flamboyant and it's a bit eccentric. Yeah. And the stories, are so they fun. come to life. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun story time. Look, what I would say is, I mean, when I was a kid, we went to a hotel in Greece called the Marina Beach at Crete. It was a lovely hotel. Sorry, they're paying you for that? No, it's one of my... We went there quite a few times when we were kids. It was like our fa- favourite place to go as a family. It got worse over the years, but like the first few, do you know, like you have those holidays that you have your best memories see, from. I, I better see some of the money from this ad. <laughs> um, it's filled with too much. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we're going to end up getting a certain reputation. Did they have a drag act? They did. Uh, they did the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the oh, entertainment yeah. team. Yeah. And uh, obviously, like, in the actual thing, you have cross-dressing in that, the main person, like the Tim Curry. Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Yeah, we saw all of that as a kid, and he was in a giant bin bag at one point when it was the sex scene, and uh, it was to joke that he had a giant knob and condom, but he was saying, look, kids, we're making Pokemon, and... Like it was just uh, it's fun. It was fun. fun. And I, I and honestly, as a kid, I didn't think well, anything of, of I, it. And kids don't. One of the things I pondered about it that someone put post out was that it's kind of a this this problem with drag queens because no such issue with drag kings. Mm. But it's a kind of it's a sexualization of femininity and it's inherently sexist. It's you're sexualizing femininity and it's then that sex that, that femininity is essentially a sexual act in itself. Because well, I th- I th- just just by the act of being feminine, yeah, because they they're, repro- they're the reproductive one. Do you know what I mean? They're the one with the they're, reproductive organs. They're sexualized uh, just from being feminine. It's like you know, you can be feminine without sexual. Like there's a no, absolutely. Thing. But do you not? Do you think that's perhaps where the just an interesting thought? Why us as men in the past? Because sometimes I want like because obviously like the main representation why of women us as men up have until slept with drag queens. The last ten years. I would say, a bit like with the Tories coming in, maybe they brought it in more equality, I doubt it, but um, I don't know. Up until recently, the main representation of women is sexualisation, isn't it? Yeah. So what, is that just because we're gross assholes that wanted to sexualise women, or was that something that came from the fact we see women as more sexual creatures because they're the ones that carry a baby and that we reproduce? It comes from the patriarchy. It comes from the fact that we consider us to be important and worth everything and women are literally there to serve our purposes and our purposes just are sexual procreate yeah. Okay. so yeah I just because we're gross bastards basically but I mean like the protesters tried to like name and shame the police officers that were there protecting the story time yeah and it's like you're like you're allowing grooming you're you're encouraging it and whatever anyway um, the drag queen Why who's organised it exactly but the drag queen who organised it is called um, Ada as in like the name Ada Ada HD which I think is a great name by the way mm. um, Ada H- ADHD Great name, <sighs> solid drug name. Um, what would yours be? You know, drug name. I don't know how. How is it you're supposed to work it out? Isn't it like no? But it's there's like the old to you, but I've not named like chose queens. a pet's name and your mum's first street name. No, but you, you just I mean? like that's just a good pun. That's just yeah. a solid pun. I can't really think of a pun off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, I'll put you on the spot. Maybe bubble and sweet. Um, that's yeah, that's, that's all right. That's good. But anyway, the point is they um they actually. Th- ch- um, ADHD changed fought all this by changing all of the times and the locations of the performances, informing only the people who were attending. Yeah, and there were no further protests because none of them knew where it was. 
and they were all a great success. All of the slots were fully booked. All the kids loved it. All the kids loved yeah. it. Um, the other one that I've got, like a quite fun one. Oh, also, can we just say like, like rippers to Bernard Cribbins? That one hurt. I don't know him. That one hurt. No, why would you? You're not a Doctor Who fan massively. Um, no, I did see it. Obviously, it's sad someone's died, but yeah. Like, you know, Rippers. He was like the railway guy, uh, the railway children, which is a film I've never actually seen, to be honest. I think I did in primary school and it just never left a mark. Never <laughs> but did you see why Prince William was trending this week? No. Uh, hashtag Prince of Pegging, apparently. What? Yeah. No. Uh, yep. No. Apparently. Apparently. And that's he's, his o- thing. he's open. No, he's not open. He's not open about it at oh, all. Right. The story's been leaked. That right. said it's a, that is it a Richard Gere style thing? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I love that though, isn't it? Like Richard Gere likes putting the yeah, gerbil up his gerbil ass in the tube. But what, what I found interesting was the fact that a lot of people didn't know what it was and were Googling what, it. What, pegging? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mentioned it in front of my mum a couple of months ago and like talking to the aunt and she was. I had to explain to my mum what pegging was and she was just I like, mean, right. we've got to explore the context in which that came up. Well, no, we don't. Your sex life I, is your sex no life. I have no idea. No, but yeah. me and the aunt, no, I, I can... Maybe I don't know. Maybe a cheeky finger. I'd be open. You know, to. little. You you know, know. Let, let, let me see how it feels, sort of thing. But I don't think we're going down the. But a well lubed finger. The, yeah, we'll go down the road with a finger, but not with. You're just going full full dildo. No. Too much. No. Would you like to explain to our listeners what what pegging what is? Pegging is for those. So pegging, I believe, is when a a lady. Straps. A lady, a as you lady. like to say. Like no, to say. I feel like I stole that too much from another podcast I listened to. I, again, it was one of those things that it just sort one of slipped your, in. It's one of your trademarks is just stealing things from other podcasts. I still, mate, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a full-on plagiarist. I steal everything from everything. My personality over the years Are all your ideas f- original or are you just stealing them from other podcasts? No, some of them are original. Oh, I was just going to get really worried. I was like, should um, I be the ideas man? Do I have to take But no, the thing is, I consume a lot of... Uh, content that I like. Do you know what I mean? I tend not to absorb, like, watch anything that I know I'm not going to like, if that makes sense. So when I like something, I really like it, and bits from it, quite, with you. they sort of just slip in, and that was one of them. And since you called me out on it on the part, I just say part slip, in. Um, slip in. Excellent usage of that phrase. Yeah, especially when talking about ladies. Yeah, but other than that one, I've tried to cut it out. But yes, sorry, you were explaining. What was I explaining? You interrupted me. What pegging me. was. <laughs> yeah, that little thing. Um, I hope it's little. So pegging... It helps. Right, kids, listen in here, right? This is your your Uncle Big. Big Daddy Big. Is that Big Daddy Big, I like it. Big Daddy Big. It kind of sounds like what your name would be if you were in like a musical. Yeah. You know, it's Big Daddy Big. No, it'd be my DJ name, Big Daddy Big. Big Daddy Big. Wicka, wicka, wah. Yeah, Big Daddy Big. Would you say it at the start of every song as well, like every the set? Heat. Yeah, I I would be like, uh, who is it, Pitbull? There's like, I'm Mr. SM6. Mr. Big Daddy Big. Yeah, it's Mr. Big Daddy Big. Dum, 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 Mr. Dum, local. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I'd be a bit like a Shanda Paul. Do you remember that? Like, well, that's in the what background. you could be if, if, if Pitbull's Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, yeah. You could be Mr. Zone of Terror. Mr. Zona Terra, yes. We, I think we've got to develop a character for me to be Big in Big Daddy one Big day and his Zona Terra. Uh, and you'll interview me as um, I'd love that. Big Daddy Pig. And I've got to try that. and stay in character for the whole pod. Maybe get Alex in on it. For show. Yeah, 
I, I, I didn't really need to sit down and work out who he is as a person. Do you know what I mean? Get inside his like head. Actor, I'm going to have to go Heath Ledger on this yeah, shit. I'm going to really have to get in it. deep delve. <laughs> you might <laughs> have to become an active part of the hip hop scene. I'm going to have to sit. <laughs> Do you imagine? Like you text me like, mate, how's work going? Like, I've given it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm in the grime really scene. <laughs> committed to the big daddy big character. I'm like, what the thing we were doing from one episode of the podcast? Like, I've gone all in. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing my first show tonight. <laughs> I would love that. I absolutely love that. Oh, do you know what? That I just imagine trying to explain it to the <laughs> babe. I'm giving up everything to yeah, pursue sorry, a career. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Why have you spent all of our savings on gold teeth? Because you, you got to, you got to fake it till you make it. Do you know what I mean? You got to invest in your future. You're like, listen, bitch. <laughs> That's <laughs> how big daddy. Big. No, do you know what Andrew big daddy Tate big? Big. Yeah. Well, I mean, big daddy big probably <laughs> doesn't call bitch. He probably uses some other like child friendly term. Mm. Some PG friendly term, you know. Yeah, what would that be though? I think some female. <laughs> Listen, you humanoid yeah. with titties. <laughs> <laughs> humanoid with titties. I think that's Big Daddy Big's <laughs> reference point for women. You humanoid titty haver. But off point, what is pegging? <laughs> <laughs> We're still not there, are we? Not there. Um, I'm just easing it in slowly. Um, As an expert pegger might. <laughs> So Pegger pegging is, yeah, is, is when yeah, a, is. I, I imagine it's mostly men and women because it'd be odd for two men to peg. I guess that's just bumming. You could like if you had like some kind of problem with your penis. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You, you could. Might. But so yeah, so two people. Uh, normally it involves a man because he's the one. Um, so the other participant, normally a lady, but don't want to be discriminatory, could be a man as well. Um, also, you don't know how they identify, Jake. So you just got to be careful of these things. But that person uh, adorns a strap-on phallic type product normally a dildo is what, what is called. a strap on phallic no I'm not going to go there I'm not <laughs> going to go there but yeah they strap a dildo on I imagine they lube it up and then they insert it into a man's uh, anal region and how kind they're being you yeah, hope for how angry you are you, I hope, guess. you know you want the lube yeah I mean, imagine if your missus is upset you're not getting any lube like if you've I'm pissed her off if you've not been taking the bins out for imagine example imagine that you, you go up to the bedroom and she's there with the dildo <laughs> and no lube in sight and you're like what did that do <laughs> what did that do Tell you what, though, you'd take the bins out next time, wouldn't you? If I can write you, wouldn't <laughs> you I? Know, it's yeah, after not being able to sit down for a week, you would you would be more than happy to well, take not, the bins it's out. It's quite extreme punishment, but it's effective punishment. It is effective it's punishment. Effective I've, it's always worked on me. Damn it! It's effective <laughs> behaviour correctment. That's what we always like to call it, not yeah, punishment. Yeah, I mean, there's other ways you could do it. I'd rather just get sprayed in the face by water every now and again. Do you know what I mean? I don't necessarily want to be penetrated, but, you know, whatever I think works. It's probably, you know, we could just... We could go full Guantanamo Bay on this. We could open up a list of effective ways to get you to change your behaviour. Yeah, before pegging. But anyway, Prince William supposedly likes better pegging. How how has this come to the to the fraud? Who's alleging? Is it Kate? <laughs> well, apparently he doesn't do it with Kate. No, that's the story. So he's sleeping around on her. I mean, I, I the story suggests, and I I've no idea how accurate where, this is, but the story suggests that she's fine with it really? because it's the idea that like. It's she doesn't necessarily want it, and we've said it before. I feel we've actually talked about this sex positivity on the pod before. We've gone, yeah, where we've both said that. Or in fact, I said and you didn't, but I said if it was a if it was something that my partner was into that I really wasn't, yeah, I think I'd be that fine was because we going had somewhere a else to question from one of our listeners, if I remember correctly, that he'd found out his wife was sleeping with a lady, and he was okay with it because was, it yeah, was something yeah. he couldn't give her. But I mean, they, just that, but they still like, had a healthy sex life themselves. You know, she was just, just picture, picture Kate saying, "Look, well, I don't want to fuck you up the arse, but 
you want it, fine, don't get it. Plus, like, look, his uh, dad slept around on his mum. You yeah. had an heir and you had a spare. You had a mistress. And, like, it, it's just sort of the way they do things, don't they? But it's, it's uh, you know, it was just a nice, slightly sillier note to end on. Can you... Does he look like... I mean, yeah, the, the posh men are into punishment, aren't they, usually? These high Big in the city, isn't it? It's big in the city. Yeah, they like being dominated. They're it's like, big in the city. Do you reckon they ever tried it, though? The old financial I mean, this is going to ruin any, like any chance of us getting get a knighthood, bro. But Have they ever tried what? Do you think Will and Kate, did they? do you reckon she ever gave yeah. them a good scene? To I reckon it? at uni. Yeah, you reckon, reckon he's it, been into it that long? Do you think it's a long-term kind of, thing? I don't think it's the kind of, I mean, like, obviously you do discover... Do you think he started off with Rimin or just straight into penetration? I don't know, like, you do discover kinks as you get older and stuff, but I think generally you've got him mostly like, sussed out when you're... That's I mean, I'm age. not king shaming. Like, ultimately, I mean, would it, if it came out as true, like if somehow he confirmed it, w- how would you feel about having a king that gets pegged? <laughs> I personally wouldn't bother me at all. No, I guess not. Like, it doesn't. Be better if he came out and owned it. <laughs> would it though? For me. For you. For my opinion of him, yeah. It's, it's okay. What? Well, so, do you believe it? Do you think it's true? I don't know. I mean, people will make up any shit, won't yeah. they? Yeah. Do you know who leaked it or like who's saying no, it? I just saw it was trending on okay. Twitter. Yeah, I wonder if it's a bit of a Richard Gere one that people yeah, are just might be. throwing it out there to it see. It might be. It's not quite as bizarre as the Richard Gere one. I don't know. It's pretty straightforward. Prince getting pegged. The pegging prince. Yeah, but <gasps> it's the name of the episode. Yeah, fine. I'm cool with that. The pegging um, prince. Who's getting? Or who's getting? Who's not? This is maybe not the the, the episode title. The, or the tagline. Who's getting fucked worse, the prince or the public? The prince, the princess, and the strap-on? No. Two royals, one strap-on? Two royals, one dick. <laughs> two royals, two, royals, two dicks. Two royals, two dicks. Like I said, the, the tagline definitely got to be who's getting fucked worse, the prince or the public? Yeah. Because right now it's Pegging or poverty? Pegging or poverty. Is that the name? That's the name <laughs> of the episode. Pegging or poverty. Yeah. Would you rather get fucked by fucked by I mean, fucked by a mistress or fucked by uh, honest, the government? I can see it because, like I said, I think some of these fucked rich, wife, powerful men it. are into. Um, well, it's huge in the city, isn't it? And it's also, huge. like, if it's because they're the power, it's because they're powerful. I day don't to think day. he's a particularly attractive guy, but yeah, when you're in a powerful position, your options and what's available to you on a sexual level is undeniably. But when you're powerful day to day, and you like to, you know, you're escaping. Normal be stuff non-powerful. must get boring. More, yeah, like. It's why you get these weirdos that like being choked and like like but like properly choked. And weirdos is the wrong word, sorry, but very the that, wrong word. But you know those people that are proper into asphyxiation and like wearing a goat mask and having their balls tickled at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I've just know, heard I don't know why it. you're going to read my blog if you're going to drag me out <laughs> like this. Um, I mean, I tried it once. Do you know what I mean? It was rude not to. You tried my blog, that. or you tried the goat tickle ball thing? Both. You were there. <laughs> so so they've got you, the film. You were, you were using the feather. Yeah, you know what? In hindsight, I shouldn't have just picked up a feather off the street. No, I should I have gone for it. P- yeah. Pigeon feather was not Bird the one. Bird flu didn't go down well. No, the, the pigeon feather was not the one. I should have looked no. for something. I should have invested I told you, more seriously like, in it. We go for goose feathers. And you should know that with what you come from. Yeah, like goose feathers, like peasant feathers, what we call them. <laughs> Poor people feathers. What's your feather, Sanjay? What's a posh feather to oh, you? I mean, I like a peacock feather. Yeah, can't get many peacocks. There's a lot of there's a lot of birds you've never heard of. I just imagine on your grounds because 
they're grand. The grand they are grand. Uh, the peacocks, the poor fuckers, walking around with like none of their big feathers because they're just stuffed into cushions and pillows. Imagine if I did pack out my house like like <laughs> what, we like or like we describe it as. Imagine the shock the bin men are going to get when they come past and they just see like peacocks crammed into the fucking driveway. Oh, you're not killing the peacocks, bro. No, but they're quite crammed in. If I if I let yeah, but them why would they be grounds. in the bin? In the bin, I just on the driveway, <laughs> just like three or four peacocks crammed onto the driveway. Yeah, because the I'm grounds, like, exactly, man. you've got the exactly. woodlands, um, you've got that meadow. There's the like, like you call it a pond, but it's more the like meadow. A, you mean the um, like the meadow, the opening, or the meadow, the stripper that I don't allow anyone else to see? Both. Yeah, fine. Yeah, both. we've got both. Yeah, like when you ask me if I want to dine by the meadow, I'm always like in two minds as to could what we're talking could about. Be <laughs> Yeah, not that meadow, bro. Just wait till all the fucking servants when we tell them they've got to, you know, hang yeah. the washing out. They You've always confused always been, when we, when I we I offer them like the choice to... I feel like you need to be nicer to them. Like, Paul Consuelo, she worked so hard. You know, they're never sure when we tell them they need to go for a damn good pegging. They're just <laughs> never sure when they need to go and hang the washing out or... Yeah, I mean, you can't peg a woman, can you? We just got a bum hole. Is it pe- I don't know what... I don't it, know what the issue is here. Is it pegging because it's a dildo or is it pegging because it's being done to a man? Like, what part of it makes it... Well, it's because it's being done, like, anally. I don't know. Let me have a look. Well, no, because anal's anal, isn't it? So, like, is it pegging because yeah, peg- it's it, a... Okay, anal with a dildo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, like, is it just... Is that for a man being anally penetrated or... I mean, what a podcast. We've gone from talking about the deprivation in the UK to... um. Uh, royal pegging. I mean, I'm just not finding any answers on this. Like, not any. Well, answers, people, like, look, we'll put it out there for the people to tell us. I think. No, I think the general consensus is that it is it's a heterosexual activity. That it is a woman, or banging a man. her husband, or her other half, or yeah. a sexual partner with a yeah, with a uh, dildoic device. Apparently, mm. and apparently, you're now in in royal company. That's your thing. Well, that means it's free. Congratulations, of us at least in here, Jake. I've won. You, which you know, and by which I mean um, the mum, but me, your mum, and Prince William. That's, that's a weird party, but you know she does what the paying customers time. want. It's not that <laughs> supply and demand, my man. Supply I and demand. Pay. <laughs> I take it away. <laughs> you know, if if what a great way to make a living though. Like, just imagine someone goes like, "What do you do for a living?" She's like, "I, I fuck Prince Wills." And like, oh, you have sex with like, no, 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 no. no. I, I fuck Prince Wells. I, yeah. I make but him ride me. Do you reckon me. he then has normal sex afterwards? Not to feel more manly, kind of, not manly. Well, but <laughs> yeah, it's manly to be paid. Toxic, like, I don't want to say that. It is manly to be paid. You could be because I tell you now. If anything, be, it's you've more manly. You've got to be very secure in your own. Absolutely, and you've got to be pretty, pretty confident to take. Something yeah, there was a stand-up comedian like, and I won't trample on his joke, but like he had an ex that wanted uh, to try, but she'd done it with her previous partners she enjoys doing it and they she said like i know what you might think about it but they always enjoy it and um he was like well like i wouldn't go straight to that maybe like, at the moment it's a no but maybe if we try instead maybe i'll consider it and he said like we could look into what we would use perhaps to maybe ease my mind over it and she's like oh well, don't worry about that i've already got one <laughs> and he was like I don't care how you've bleached that thing. <laughs> if it's been used before, it's going nowhere near me. But yeah. So there's a lot of etiquette around that shit, man. Yeah, there's a lot of it. It's a, it yeah. you know, do you know what? I think that's the question for today. If you could write to us at crossing swords one nine at gmail dot com, hit us up at crossing swords underscore pod on Instagram, uh send us some DMs, slide into our DMs, not into our <laughs> bum holes, just into our DMs. 
uh, slide into our DMs on Twitter at Swords Crossing. Yeah. And hit us up on Facebook, Crossing Swords. And we want to know what is the etiquette? What is the formal etiquette around pegging? <laughs> yeah, like who asks who? It must be driven by, well, not always, but I'd imagine most of the time it must be something perhaps women are into more than. See, I always imagine that most sexual things are driven by the men. That most things are just a man going. No, but uh, I don't. I think that's probably the majority. You're right, but I definitely think there'll be a percentage of oh, women like, that yeah. enjoy. It's not just about because it's not about being into it. It's about being confident enough to ask for it. And I, I think, think the both. patriarchal society suggests that generally men ask for things, women don't. Yeah. So it has to take a woman who's very confident and comfortable in herself to ask for something. Yeah. Also, because if she. If you ask your partner, you have to gauge it. If you just ask your partner, do you want, you know, can I put a dildo up your backside? Do you want to get stuck? They're going to be, they might respond really negatively to that, possibly, possibly homophobic to it. So you kind of got to gauge it. <laughs> Gay! And that might be what your husband says when you say, can I, peg can you. I bomb you? Can yeah. I peg you? Mama like that. Mama like that. There you go. Yeah. That's what Nothing left to say. I think we've covered it. Yeah. And on that note, We've guys... We've done it all. Just enjoy your From pegging. energy to pegging. Yeah, we'll workshop it. We'll come back with Big Daddy G. Big Daddy Big at some point. Big Daddy Big. What yeah. was your thing? What was your... Big uh, Daddy G, as I said. Oh, Mr. Mr. Dome of Terror. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Zone of Terror's in there somewhere. It's Mr. Zone of Terror. Yeah. I just I like me going on a deep dive and... Immersing myself and having notepads filled with Big Daddy G's. Big Daddy G, Big Daddy G. He's got to be Big Daddy G now because you're not going to stick to Big Daddy Big. You've got to be Big Daddy G. No, I can't be Big Daddy G. It's Big Daddy Big. I can't, I'm just saying. We'll see what happens when you go really go into it. But you're right. You've not spent, yeah. you've spent maybe like 20 minutes with the character now. You really need to get sick with it. I need to it. workshop it, yeah. I need to sit down and write. Like, A just, resignation like, letter, what, what first would, of all. I think I'll start off with things like what's his motivational like come up with scenarios like someone approaches big daddy big with this problem what would his response be who is hip-hop icons (laughs) snoop's up there yeah snoop i just the the effort is there going to be a lot of crossover between big daddy big daddy bigs um hip-hop icons and the hip-hop people that you actually know no, I think another uh, who's the one plus one is two. Oh, the big shack. Quick maths. The, the yeah, big shack's another inspiration. Michael, whatever his name is, the um, the comedian. Big shack. Big shack. Um, yeah. And probably two plus two is four. The awkwardness of a that is forty-four. Still David Brent. I'd have the cadence potentially of a sort of awkward. You'd have it. You'd have. Have you seen David that? Brent? Um, Equality Street. He did with uh, Doc Brown. No, could be that. Could be that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm gonna workshop it. I'm gonna get myself into the mindset of Big Daddy Big. You know how he feels, how he believes. I'm, for, I'm ready to interview Big Daddy Big. Whether he believes in God, I need to go through that journey with Big Daddy Big. I don't even know how he feels about God yet. Um, I think he might be a highly religious man. He's a man of God. Is he a feuding man? Is he a feuding man, Big Daddy Big? Does he start? <laughs> does he rap beefs? If you step up, DJ to him. beefs. If him. you step to him, man gets shanked. What was just, just came out of nowhere. You just, it's already there. It's already there. <laughs> uh, but guys, let us know. Do you want to meet Big Daddy Big? Do you want to? I do. Do you want to go on this journey? 
Um, it might even be something we could do an episode Listen on. You come in with questions and. Listen to that. Do you want to go on this journey? You're already <laughs> speaking like a DJ giving a uh, promo interview. Yeah. It was a journey. It was a process. You know, I had to find My the DJ real me. Style would be there's a uh, there is like a German techno rave music DJ I like called Brennan Hart that our good friend Lindsay and her other half got me into, and he's got songs like Follow the Light, like sort of songs with a bit of a bit of positivity, bit of faith and religion and love. Do you know what I mean? Big I reckon my up. musical it's going to be a mix of Snoop Dogg. Big country. Daddy Big is definitely a lover. Oh, he's a lover. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you have oh, no yeah. idea. <laughs> I have plenty ideas. Oozes everything. Do you know what I mean? Just he's oozing. Sometimes physically uses from too much love. <laughs> yeah. And that does need to be seen to by a doctor. Yeah. But like just don't mess with man. You know what I mean? I'm like you're already there. <laughs> you're already there. But yeah, guys. We'll see you soon with Big yeah. Daddy Big. I'm gonna sign off me, totally normal Jake. <laughs> And from Mr. Zone of Terror over there, we'll see you soon. Keep it sexy.